This episode of The Blur Mob contains explicit language. While we want everyone to enjoy the show, sometimes we may say things that are not appropriate for all ages. So, in other words, mom, dad, granny, we cussing. Discretion is advised. King G. Grossite ENT. <laughs> Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Let me, let me pop my shit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pop my shit. Hands up. What's up, y'all? And welcome to the Blurred Mob, your hub for all things black and nerdy. I am your host, Foop. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming service, make sure you hit that follow button so you can get updates from the mob. Today, we're going to be talking about three topics spanning from Marvel and DC. We're going to be talking about the Hawkeye series. We're going to be talking about Young Justice Season 4. And we're going to be doing some mob theories, uh, talking about the X-Men and how they're going to integrate into the MCU. So joining the mob today, we have McMillian back from Gurren Otaku Council, my boy Ryan. And joining the mob today for the first time, we have my boy Vario. So what's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's, what's up, everybody? What's good, y'all? DeVario got his debut. <laughs> good to be here. Glad to be here, man. It's good like to see you. All right. So how we're going to do this, guys, we're going to go through the topics in the list that I announced them. So let's go ahead and dive in with the Hawkeye series. So the Hawkeye series is supposed to drop Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. The discussion that I want to get into is what are we expecting from the show? And if there's like anything, you know, personal, like that you want to see, like something that would, you know, take this series over the edge for you. So I want to give a brief synopsis of the show. Um, So the synopsis for the Hawkeye series is while in New York City post blip, which is what they're calling the snap. Clint Barton must work together with the young archer Kate Bishop to confront enemies from his past as Ronan in order to get back to his family in time for Christmas. So when I first saw the Hawkeye series, and me and McMillian talked about this before, with the Christmas vibe, and it seems like they're going more playful with the um the show, it gave me Home Alone vibes. Like, this is Home Alone, but Hawkeye. So, and then as I started to see more trailers, I feel like this is appropriate for it to be a series. I don't mm-hmm. think that this would have been delivered well had they made a movie for it. So I'm glad they went the series route for this. And I think the reason I like it being a series is is because that most of the Disney Plus shows that we've seen so far have been about exploring the side characters and how they are now becoming front runners in the MCU. Or we're seeing the mantle being passed down from the Avengers that we're used to now to who they're going to be replaced as. So, Mm -hmm. and also from watching the trailers and then if you've seen the, um, the sneak peek from the Disney day thing that they posted on Disney plus, it's giving me like that buddy cop vibe between Clint Barton and Kate Bishop. Mm -hmm. So let's get into what we're expecting. So for me, and 
they already put it in the synopsis is that I wanted to see the consequences of Hawkeye being Ronin. And they mentioned that in the synopsis. But my thing was, is that in Endgame, he was just slaughtering folks. And I was like, there has to be some consequence. Because when you see the first trailer, he's just back in New York talking to his kids, chilling. And I was like, so we just forget that this man just went on a full murder spree at mm-hmm. the beginning of Endgame? Like, he got really dark. Like, how we saw him in Endgame and how we saw him in this Hawkeye trailer was like, two sides of the spectrum. So I was like, they're going to have to explore the consequences of him just out here slaughtering folk. They're going to have to. The second yeah. thing... Uh, oh, what's up, McMillian? Oh, no, I was just going to... Uh, I mean, to cut you off, but I was just going to say, yeah, it would be interesting to see, I guess, how the enemies he made from those events come after him in this series, if that does transpire. Yeah. And the fact that if you notice in the trailer that when he meets Kate Bishop, she's dressed up as Ronan. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see, like... Because when we... only reason I brought this up is because when we saw Hawkeye being Ronan, he was, like, in Japan. So I would like to know how she, you know saw him like were they like posting videos or something of him out here doing all this stuff how did his actions in japan get to america to where that she's dressing up as him while she's doing her vigilante work Mm -hmm. so the second thing i wanted to see what i'm expecting is a true display of kate bishop taking the mantle of hawkeye and not just her just being given the title because Hawkeye wants to step down. And I feel like that's where they're going for with her working alongside Hawkeye, like her earning the title. But I do want to see a true display of that. Like, why is Kate Bishop going to be the next Hawkeye? Or what potential are we going to expect with her being Hawkeye from this point forward? Mm-hmm. So, Last thing I'm expecting is another look into the aftermath of the snap or the blip, as they call it. So the past Disney Plus shows and even Shang-Chi and the Eternals have explored the different um, effects of the snap. We saw Wanda from a personal view of her dealing with her grief of losing vision. We saw a more um, international effect with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, with Bucky and Falcon. Um, For the Eternals, we didn't really see much of the effect, but more so of... What it led to? That. Uh, like the, the, effect, the after effects of it? Right. And then mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, more of how they're dealing with... Because when we first meet Shang-Chi, they're civilians before he, you know, gets to 10 rings and all that. So then we see it from a civilian perspective of how they're dealing with the after effects of the snap. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that Hawkeye explores a different side of it. And they could be with him being a father, him being another, uh, or him just being an underpowered Avenger as well, and how he's dealing with all of that. So... Mm -hmm. That's what I'm expecting from it as well. So those are my three things. What about you guys? 
Who wants to go first? Um, I guess I'll go next. I think y'all are probably bigger fan, potent, bigger potential fans than I would be. Um, Hawkeye never really interested me as a character. It was probably the most boring for me when watching any Marvel um, movie in this M- MCU. But now that I'm in the blur mob, I feel like I got to watch it. But I guess I'll like to see what makes his character relevant, at least relevant enough to re- receive an entire series dedicated to him. And yeah, more so the after effects of the snap. Like, I would love to see how psychologically that affected a lot of people. Because then the, then the time um, gate between that snap and then bringing everybody back was like a year or two. How long was it? Yeah, that was five, five years. Five years. Five years. It was five like, he years. He didn't get snapped. And I'm I'm glad you brought his, I'm glad you brought that did. up. His family got snapped, so I guess how is he dealing with his family coming back with five years, and how is he supporting mm-hmm. his family adjusting to coming back after five years? And he's five years older as a freaking father. Like <laughs> I would love yeah. to see not only him, like how he deals with that, and I feel like that'll be a good a big part of the story. Like, hey, I went five years without seeing you guys, and for me, it's like y'all were raised from the dead. I'd love to see how everybody else in the world, because he got to talk to somebody about that. He got to share his experiences with somebody for character growth. So I would love to see the um, psychological warfare that a lot of people went through because of that snap. Other than that, I hope that they make Hawkeye an interesting character for me and I become interested. I don't think I will be. My expectations aren't that high, but it's not because I'm just um, trying to crash on marvel's parade or nothing with the series i just it just didn't get my catch my interest i feel you mm-hmm. but i think that's about it yeah i agree i think for me hawkeye was like at the bottom of my list as far as like interesting avengers so i'm hoping that this series gives us more insight into hawkeye as a character than what they've been doing in the movies wants to go next um i can go next i'm actually excited about this character you know hawkeye's been one of those you know he won a main character but he's like like kind of like a sidekick but like just like how black widow got her own movie it's gonna explore hawkeye more in this in this series i think he deserved kind of deserve it so so in a sense so i'm excited to um see what he what he's gonna show I don't know. I'm still on the fence of Black Widow being a movie, but I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm excited. There's one reason why I am fully excited for this. We're going to get to it, but there is one reason why I'm fully excited for this series. Oh, uh, can I, not, so wait, can I not say it? Cause that was going to be one of the things I expected. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. What's up? Okay. Um, so for my expectations for this, so uh, somewhat like uh, Ryan, I'm not that big of a Hawkeye fan, uh, but I will say he had a little bit of shine in the second Avengers movie with Ultron, and mm-hmm. he became more of like a quippy type of character. You got to see a little bit more of his personality, and I didn't dislike what I saw. It's just at the same time, it still didn't make me be like, man, I can't wait to see Hawkeye in the next movie. <laughs> um, so this series, the fact, one thing they're already appealing to me anyway. Home Alone is my favorite Christmas movie ever. Like when they do the marathons, I always make sure I watch Home Alone one and two. 
Um, so they kind of already got me with the whole Home Alone like theme. But uh, uh, so I hope to see stuff like that. But besides that, um, I'm hoping that they explore. Um, besides, you guys already mentioned the stuff with the snap, and I want to see how that not only affects him, but we're also meeting Kate as well. And I want to know did she, was she gone during those years, or did she was she around and then was inspired by Clint's uh, actions as Ronan? Because as you said, we saw her as Ronan. Uh, we get to see her as Ronan the first time she showed up. Or was there another reason she decided to do that after coming back from the snap? Which That's could also point. be as equally, equally as interesting. Um, another thing I hope to see from this is I want to know since we're in New York, uh, for this show, uh, uh, as we know, there's a prevalent character right now that's going through a lot in New York. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know how they're going to mention stuff like that. Like, is the new like are we going to see bl- news blasts about the other heroes such as like Spider Man? Falcon uh, and all this stuff that he did in regards to, and don't forget uh, Doctor Strange if they are in New York. The world, Doctor Strange. I mean, and even um, technically, I was like, is there uh, going to be news on what Wanda is, did to that town? Like, I want to know if how this seems like this is like a couple of months after the events of the other uh, Disney Plus series because mm-hmm. we're in Christmas. So I wonder if our news blast still going about those things that happened for like the the. Uh, Winter Soldier, the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series, WandaVision, like, because this is still a living universe. And I feel like so far through the movies and the Disney Plus shows, we haven't really seen the ramifications of the what the other heroes have been doing. That's true. Um, In that regard. So I want, I want to know if that will ever play a part. Um, And lastly, uh, folk was going to mention it probably, but at the end of Black Widow, I'm not going to say exactly what happened. At the end of Black Widow, uh, things were hinted at, and there might be a potential character coming through in oh, yeah. this series. And I want to know how that all is going to play out, well, and if this is going to be a a heart wrenching ending for the character. And then Kate picks up the mantle in, uh, out of like I need to get revenge or something else entirely. So, hey, to get into that more, because this this was. What McMillian just mentioned, this was my thing that would give Hawkeye, like, so many brownie points for me. Yelena Belova. So, she is on the cast list for Hawkeye. She is. So, she is coming. They haven't shown her in any of the trailers. But the director of the Hawkeye series, Rise Thomas, this was his statement. He said he's going to pretend he doesn't know how she shows up in the series. But imagine it's a happy meeting where they talk over coffee and work things out. And I was like, <laughs> AKA, she finna be his ass. She finna be his ass because her character in Black Widow, she made the movie for me. Like, being a new, right. I guess, one, being a new age widow, and then just seeing her, like, her fighting style and how she interacts with everything. And then them twisting it to make her come after Hawkeye. She finna be his ass. They gonna scrap. <laughs> they gonna scrap. And that would and if we get that scrap in the series, that would take it over the top for me. And I like what McMillian brought up if her if if this is her showing up in just ending Hawkeye 
and that's when Kate takes up the mantle because of that. I didn't even think about that. I just thought they was going to show up. She was going to beat his ass, and then, you know, <laughs> they find out I mean, the truth it, or whatever. I mean, it has to be, I just think if if we're going to introduce this character and, and they're an assassin, and they believe that this person killed their sister. I, mm-hmm. I, there's there's a very dark route this could take. Yes. And that would mean the whole transferring of the mantle thing would be even more... Not, not saying that if Hawkeye survived, it wouldn't be as significant. But this has a, like a, now an extra amount of weight on top of it even more so. Yeah. It's even possible that with her being an assassin, she has to do her research. So this get tie into his consequences as Ronan, you know. Mm-hmm. She may show up and he might think this is just another one of his consequences. And then she shows up like, yo, you killed my sister. And he was like, whoa, this is definitely not what I was expecting. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So that would that would give major brownie points for me. For when she shows up, how she shows up and how long. She shows up in the series. Yeah, because it's a good question. If the fact that because very uh, as we know, Black Widow didn't really talk about her past that much. So it's mm-hmm. like this. Even though Clint was her best friend, does he even know that she had a sister? That's gonna get because he could. Because it's very possible that she could show up, be like, "You killed one of my family members," and he'd be like, "I did. I killed a lot of people when I was running." <laughs> you're, I, gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to be a bit more specific. Bit more specific yeah, <laughs> that's gonna make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this 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 I fun could, this the 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 trailer showing this fun light Christmas story. Yeah, it's gonna get dark. real dark real <laughs> fast. <laughs> My thing was I would Black Widow is a very secretive person, but because Clint was her best friend and the fact that he made her the godmother of his children, I would somewhat think they had maybe sort of a relation where maybe she would have mentioned she had a sister or. You know, the whole mission that she had as a child. Or maybe she mm-hmm. just... Because when we watch Black Widow, it's that she was very close off from all of it until everything started coming to the surface. Maybe that was just a part of her life that she wanted to keep in the past. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting if he even knows who she is or even knew that Black Widow had a sister. Yeah, because I, I feel like even if she told him, it's been it's probably been so far from like that point where she might have mentioned the mission she had as a child, right? Mm-hmm. That he still probably wouldn't even remember this person, remember who Ileana could be until like the final hour. Yeah. She rough him up so fast he can't think. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows he just knows this person has the same fighting style as uh the widows. Yeah, as mm-hmm. Natasha. So yeah. Okay. So who's next? I think that was it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Mario went, I went, and oh, Ryan. Yeah. Went. Okay. Okay. Well, um, like I said, Hawkeye drops November 24th, 2021. We may do like a mid-season review. This is one of the six episode um series that they're doing. So this won't be like WandaVision where they did 13, 30 minute what? episodes. What series comes after this? Oh, um, I have no idea, honestly. Is it Miss? Mar- I think Miss Marvel might be next. I I'm thought Miss sure. Marvel was coming in the summertime. Was it Moon Knight? 
I know Miss Marvel Moon Knight, is. This would be interesting. Miss Marvel is slated for the summer, so I Let's feel see. like they have something that's supposed to be in the place before we get there. Because they did do WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier before July, and July is when Loki showed up. But I don't know dates. Okay. Ryan said he finna borrow somebody Disney Plus account. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did lose it after that one year free that Verizon gave me. <laughs> hey, that's clutch though that they did give y'all one year free. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Miss Marvel's next. So oh, we don't get another thing for a while. Yeah, we don't get another thing for a while as far as Disney Plus series is concerned. So is it the July release? Uh it says summer twenty twenty two. Um so, this thing I'm looking for at So maybe they're trying to get all the movies in first. Before she drops, that probably means there's gonna be a big shift yeah. for Miss Marvel, which makes sense considering her backstory. So, yeah. yeah. So this will be interesting, as since this is gonna be the last Disney Plus series we get for a while. The well, the Marvel Disney Plus series that we get for a while as well. So, yeah. Let's see how they end it in this little Disney Plus run. Or maybe they have to start. Maybe they're taking a break because now they're about to start integrating the storylines into the movies. Because we already know that Wanda is supposed to be in Doctor Strange. I think Loki is still confirmed for Doctor Strange. Um, or he may show up in Thor. I'm not really sure. So maybe they're okay. taking the time to integrate everybody into the movies. And then Miss Marvel will start that second half of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move on to Young Justice Season 4. So Young Justice Season 4 premiered October 16, 2021, the same day as DC Fandom. And episode seven just dropped November 18th, Thursday, November 18th, 2021. So we're going to split this into two sections, guys. We're going to do a non-spoiler critique for those who have not seen Young Justice season four yet or are not caught up to episode seven. And then we're going to do a spoiler side where we're going to talk about highlights in the theories for the upcoming episode. So for those listening um, who don't want to listen to the spoiler part, I'll do like a countdown. So be prepared to hit pause before we get into it. So first thing I want to know is how are we feeling about Young Justice Season 4 so far? And for me, I'm enjoying it. It feels very Young Justice to me, like Young Justice Season 1, Season 2. Um, Seeing the sidekicks become mentors, I think that's the big thing I like about it. The sidekicks that we saw in season one, them growing up and now are becoming mentors for another age of younger heroes. So we see Nightwing, well, Robin becoming Nightwing, Artemis becoming Tigress, Aqualad becoming Aquaman and taking up those those mantles. I don't know, it puts me in the feels because watching... um, I would say that this is a show that I grew up with. My dad got me into Young Justice, but Young Justice season one, season two came out when I was like in high school. So we were growing, me, I grew up with these characters. So watching them grow up to be the ages that we are now and becoming mentors for the younger generation, it it puts me in the feels. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, um, the other thing that I'm feeling about it right now, so right now they're exploring two different stories, and we can get into that when we get into the spoiler section. 
and the two stories that they are exploring haven't gelled together. I know they're about to gel together, but mm-hmm. I would say that the two stories that they've been exploring, I have enjoyed. Like, I'm not upset that this doesn't match what's going on with this, or we've completely stepped away from this side of the story. I think they've been doing storytelling pretty well, except for this one little bit. They're trying to pull that slideshow shit again. But we'll we'll get into that. Um, but that's how I've been feeling about it so far. I think they might have a good run because season three, I I thoroughly dislike season three. Too, too, too many slides. Too that's many it. slides. That's, season three just had so much going on with it. It's, they wasted some people too. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll we'll get into that because that's the next part of this. But um, for those who are watching Young Just season four, because I don't, did you catch up, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> I Shame. was I was fully intended. I I intended Shame. to watch I intended to watch Young Justice from beginning to end, catch up and everything, and it just did not work out. <laughs> it it, it just did not work out. It's so much television out right now. I it just you. did not work out. But, but I don't mind should, talking about spoilers. Catch up. Yeah. yeah, you should definitely I, catch up. I like Young Justice because it gives me that, like, I was watching seasons one and two back in high school as well, and I like mm-hmm. it because it gives me that old school Justice League back in the day when you was watching it on Direct TV, and I am excited Boy, to see the series Direct TV, man, you just took me back. <laughs> Remember when it started storming <laughs> and yeah, you got a Justice dish? It, yeah. Bro, we used to put that joint on DVR and every, man. <laughs> and, like, hearing you talk about season four, I'm not going to lie, that does excite me because one of my favorite things of watching a series like that is seeing the characters grow into their own. So I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's either Vario or McMillian. Who wants to go first? Well, you yeah, want to go? Uh, well, actually, I started watching it when I was in college because y'all make me feel old. <laughs> 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 I was in college when it came out. Uh, season four, I actually binge watched it last night, all seven episodes last night. It was wonderful. I, I loved it. Man, the uh, the stories between it's just awesome. Huh? You know, I think it's one of the well, one of the best seasons. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll see. They only gave us seven episodes. I I think it has you the know. potential to be really good, but we right. I think it's gonna be another twenty six episode run. Okay. All right, cool, cool. Um, Man. Oh, was that it, Yeah, that was it for me. Okay, I just didn't want to cut you up. Uh, So, talking about Young Justice, uh, I also started in high school. Um, I'm a huge DC fan, specifically, uh, hold on, wait, my kid can't see it, but specifically (laughs) the the G. That man right there. The OG. Um, So... I remember when Young Justice first came out, and I was like, "Oh, cool! They get they did another sidekick series. I wonder if this is gonna be as good as Teen Titans." Totally blown away by it. The it first exceeded. two seasons, it yeah, at first first two seasons were great. Had amazing storylines. Third season, while it did have a lot going on, I appreciated what it tried to to bring in for the characters. And season four, 
It's a little bit more grounded, and I think it's really working for them. Yeah. And I've been loving it so far. The As folk mentioned, there's two plots going on right now. They're about to collide. The second plot, though, Boy. has my favorite sidekick for the Bat family. Yeah. And I am so happy. It changed a little bit of her story, but it is the, the stuff they have changed. I feel like have enhanced her character in terms of like, uh, in terms of, uh, in ter- just in terms of like the story they're trying to tell, but also like it, 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 they didn't take anything away from it. And I like when they do stuff like that, when they, if they decide to change somebody's story, they don't, it doesn't take away from the ca- character of who they are. And I really love what they're doing so far with, uh, the whole, uh, this origin twist that they're doing. But so far right now, um, Phantoms, which is what season four is titled, is, mm-hmm looking to be uh a look back on our season one heroes and the 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 trials and tribulations that they're going through as mentors because we got to see them take up the mentor role last season true like real big when they started leading their own teams but this one is like these are the issues though that come about them fully being in their superhero and they're like we're leader uh we're paragons now of uh the superhero world like we're not as big as our as our mentors, but we're no longer those small children. Yeah, and I really feel like they're doing a great job of showing um, everything that comes from it. So I agree. Two things I want to touch on from yours, McMillian, is one: I think Young Justice has always done a good job when they switch like storylines, like origins. They always mm-hmm. do a good job of changing it, but not taking away of the central theme of the origin. Like it's changed, but I'm ne- I'm not mad at it. And then the way they integrate it into the stories going forward, they do a really good job of doing that. And that was one thing mm-hmm. I appreciated about Young Justice. The second thing yeah, I want. Oh, what's up? Oh, sorry, not to cut you off. I was just saying uh, an exa- a great example of this. Um, in a prior season, not to give any spoilers, was when they changed Beast Boy's origin. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is interesting, and it works still. Like he still, it still works with the whole like. Uh, him going into the Doom Patrol stuff and all those things like that. It doesn't really take away anything, and I really enjoyed that. So Yeah. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about that, and going back, I want to say this was around season two, was the way his origin is, is that he still has his parents. He was out living in Africa, and then he ends up getting the, the disease that, you know, only animals survive from. And then the experiments from his parents is what gave him the green skin and the ability to change into animals. But I thought it was really cool that they switched it to being this Martian, giving him the blood transfusion was the reason that he turned green. And mm-hmm. I thought that was they really got cool. got shape-shifting abilities, like Martians. Right. So. I thought that was really cool. And the way that they're playing into it with Miss Martian and Beast Boy having that strong brother-sister relationship. Mm-hmm. I really like how they tied that in. That was a good example of that. The second thing I wanted to touch on was that the fact that we are not seeing a lot of the big um, Justice League members in the season. Like, we've gotten mm-hmm. glimpses of Martian Manhunter, Superman, and uh, Hawkgirl, but they haven't been prominent in the series as they were when they were younger. We're seeing, mm-hmm. like you said, we're seeing more of them deal with these issues and to make choices as adults and mm-hmm. seeing it from their point of view so i really like that about what we've seen so far with this season too right 
So the second um thing I wanted to talk about is from the episodes that we've seen, how are we feeling about it compared to when we first saw season three? And for me, I feel like this is going to turn out better than season three. But when season three first started, the first half, I'm going to put it like this. The first half of season three of Young Justice was great. I love what they were setting up, the characters that they were introducing, and the story that they were trying to tell. They got to the second half of the season and everything started feeling rushed. Half of the episodes started turning into Microsoft PowerPoint. And I was just like, what are we doing? And the way that it ended, it just, it had the potential to be really good. And for me, I feel like they wasted a lot of people. I feel like they wasted Mm -hmm. Dark Side. I feel like they wasted the anti-life equation. I feel like they wasted Cyber. Uh, introducing Cyborg as a character. I feel like they wasted, um, what was the third thing? And Terra and Deathstro. They had the chance, they were trying to introduce the Terra and Deathstro connection with everything that was going on, but I feel like they were trying to do too much and rush too much into the second half of the season that it just did not stick. Mm-hmm. The Even way though that they it changed it a have. bit, yeah. Right. Even though they changed it a little bit, this did not stick as it should have. And I feel like they wasted a lot of characters, especially what made me upset was that they wasted Darkseid. So at the end of season two, you see Vandal Savage and Darkseid making this deal. And in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, Darkseid, they got to fight Darkseid. Come on. And then we get to season three and one, you barely see Darkseid. He's doing everything through Granny. Granny goodness. Mm-hmm. And um and then we get to the end of the season and they still don't bring up anything about Darkseid. So I feel like they wasted him. And the way that season four is going, I'm not sure when they're going to tie everything from season three back into season four, if they're even planning to do it at all. Because the only thing that they've <clears> done <throat> to integrate uh season three and we'll get to this when we get to like the spoilers is the thing that's going on with beast boy it's the only like aftermath of season three that they're dealing with so yeah so far well him and a little bit of uh what is her name halo halo a little bit a little bit because they did that like in an end credit scene credit right so I don't know. I don't know how they're going to tie in season three or if they're even planning on putting season three into this. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. So season four is really going to have to prove the second half from this point to the end of the season is really is what's going to make or break season four for me. So what about you guys? Um, for me, I've been a very much so enjoying it. Granted, they are really pandering to me right now with the second sword class. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a little like, very, I'm, I'm, I, I have more of my, uh, I guess, eggs in the basket. Like I, I'm, I'm only, I'm basically fully invested at this point, And I think that they will execute this very well. Cause to me, it's like they're doing a way, a much more grounded story this time mm-hmm. than they were before. Now, granted, they are introducing more characters, somewhat like they did in season three, but I feel like the way they're doing it is a lot is much is a lot different than they did in season three. 
it doesn't feel because we're not seeing like like I said, the the small clips we're seeing of like the big heroes, the Justice League members, is very minute. It's like very small. Yep. So it's very little. So it seems like they're very uh, they're not as involved, or they're they're involved only almost in name and likeness. It seems like not as in like full character, somewhat like how they were in three. Yeah. So it still feels like I'm more like we're going to. It to me right now. It seems like what they're doing is that for the old team members. There, it looks like that they're going to go through storylines focusing on each of them. Like the first one was, you could either say Miss Martian slash Superboy. The second one, this one is obviously Tigress. This one is obviously uh, Tigress. The next one, who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe Nightwing based on what's happening currently, but I'm yeah. that could just be uh, that's just a theory right now. But yeah. like I it like seems like this season. Yeah, it seems like this season though is going to be uh they each each storyline is going to take uh a focus on our old heroes that we got to see grow up from season 1 and then maybe at the end see a culmination of all of what they're dealing with because well I can't get into it now but we saw some people in the first half of this season mm-hmm. that <laughs> I think are going to have some way bigger ramifications later so Yep. What about you, Vario? Um, what was the, can you say the question? What was the question I was talking about? Sorry. How are you feeling about season four so far compared to season three? I definitely think season four is better than season three. Like you said, how they did the dark side, I kind of hated it. How did it? How they did that? Cause that wasn't good. But um, definitely season four is better than season three. I thought they was just kind of doing too much in season three. Like, all the mm-hmm. story arcs, I don't think they was... I, it just didn't gel right to me. But I like how season four starting. Like, they got two different story arcs going on, and I kind of like those, too. Especially with um, the one on Mars. Uh, that's, yeah. That's all I had on it. I was going to say, I like the lineup. So the thing that really put me in the feels about season four was the theme song and the lineup. Young Justice theme song is just great overall. Mm-hmm. But this theme song and the lineup. So we've seen Superboy, Miss Martian. It's Superboy, Miss Martian, Nightwing, Tigress, Rocket, who we got, um, who was first introduced in season one, but they mm-hmm. didn't start doing like a lot with her until later. and. Mm-hmm. Zatanna. They're bringing Zatanna back. And they're putting Aqualad in there. So, like McMillian mm-hmm. was saying, we haven't seen the other characters yet, but we know they're going to fit in somewhere. But I, I guess for for the lineup, I like the fact that they're doing the OG lineup. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. And that the stories are being told from from them. Instead of kind of what they were trying to do with season three, where they're just introducing all of these people and trying to integrate them into the story because they were trying to yeah. get the outsiders and um, the dark side. They were, it was a lot. Yeah, to be quite to be quite honest, another thing I was upset about, and uh, I know technically we moved on from it, but I, I can't shake it right now. Is uh, so uh, to let you guys know, I'm a huge fan. Like I said, I'm a big DC fan, but uh, one of the things I think I like about DC a lot. And why it somewhat holds an edge for Marvel for me over Marvel for me is I love the sidekick characters. 
they're all really interesting usually and they all have interesting perspectives because it's like man i get to work with gods basically yeah and uh we barely get to see um um it, their their life unless they somehow sometimes they make a comic book for them very rarely though that happens so i, I was really happy when the series you know that the series is out because it shows more of what they have to do with in season three, they introduced some characters I am super interested in as just a person, as just a person, such as uh, Wonder Girl, mm-hmm. uh, the second one. We barely get to see any of her, like at yeah. all. Um, and Static is back, and I was like, "Yo, this is amazing!" And he was like, "What in four scenes? I think of last season." So it's like, yeah, but it seems the characters are introducing in this season. They're using a lot of already. Like, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of crazy. So. When you brought up Static, you know who I also thought about that they introduced in the season three and completely wasted? Black Lightning. He was prevalent in the beginning, but yeah, he it was, was weird. Pre- yeah. He was prevalent in the beginning. And and that's what I'm talking about. The first half of season three was like very well thought out. And then they got to the second half of season three and they just And they wanted like, to do too much. It's like they started, you know, that meme where they're drawing the horse and the horse is really nice in the first half and then they get to the back and it looks like shit at the back. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what Young Justice season three was. And they waste and because of the second half, I feel like they wasted Black Lightning. Like, I I, I would agree. Based Based on how they introduced them, definitely is. They threw in so many people into season three and I just don't think they balanced it well for how they used to do in the past because um young justice is such a major character ensemble type show and for them to introduce all of these characters in season three which is something they've done before but to handle it the way that they did and i don't know i don't know if they were just trying to rush to get the rest of the season out because one young justice season three came out i can't tell you how many years like they did young justice season two and they stopped and nobody they took it off cartoon network nobody knew if it was coming back and then you remember dc dropped their their streaming service and one of their big things for the streaming service was young justice season that's his return so i don't know if that it was just them trying to meet the demand that they rush the second half of the season but I feel like season four, I feel like they took the year that they took off for this. I think they, it seems like to me, they sat down and really planned this out. Mm-hmm. It's what it's feeling so like. So far, to me. yeah. So far. So I'm hoping like the rest of the episodes, they're going to keep this same momentum and the same to- storytelling. Mm-hmm. So that's our non spoiler critique. So. We're about to get into the spoiler section. So if you have not been caught up to episode <laughs> seven, <laughs> if you have not been caught up to episode seven of Young Justice, um, come back later. Catch up. Come back later. Hear the discussion. So three, two, one. And I did my numbers really backwards. I just see this. <laughs> I just saw this. <laughs> but highlights. So the first highlight I want to get into is the Legion of Superheroes. And this is oh, something yes. that my dad brought up to me when we were talking about Young Justice. Because like I said, my dad was the one that got me into Young Justice. And to give him his props, 
it's he's the reason why I'm the blurred I am today. He got me into the comics, the shows, the movies, the lore, etc. So big props to my to my pops that rhyme for for uh getting me into all of this. But we were talking about Young Justice and he mentioned the Legion of Superheroes. So in the Mars storyline, there are three heroes that are following Miss Martian and Superboy and Beast Boy. And it's Saturn Girl, Chameleon Boy, and Phantom Girl. The Legion of Superheroes are this futuristic superhero group. They yeah. have come back a thousand years in the past to stop this one big thing from happening. We don't know what this one big thing is. I kind of have a theory of what it was, but they're supposed to stop this one big thing. But them showing up and following Miss Marsh and Beast Boy around. Because I I didn't know who they were. And then my dad, we're on the phone, and he's casually like, yeah, the Legion of Superheroes showed up because, you know, Satin Girl and Chameleon Boy. And I was like, yeah, I know them. I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. The iconic you're... flight ring. The iconic flight ring. I uh-huh. said, ooh, that's okay. Yeah. So that was one of the highlights I wanted to bring up. So now we're getting a, I guess I wanted to bring it up because now we're getting another futuristic hero thing. Because if you guys remember in season two, we got Impulse mm-hmm. came back from the future for the whole Blue Beetle storyline. So yeah, but he he didn't come that he his future isn't that far isn't as far as head as the legions if I'm not mistaken because yeah. he's just right. he, he's uh he's just like forty grandson, I think right when uh, they like he's based like forty forty or fifty something years in the future mm-hmm. so well it wasn't that far but we, I'm just bringing up that we're getting some more futuristic it's like yes yeah. coming being integrated into the storyline. No, it's just when you mentioned it, it made me think. I'm like, huh, would Impulse know them? But he's not that far ahead. Yeah, so. He's not that far ahead. But um, other highlight that I wanted, the next highlight I wanted to bring up, Superboy's death. For me, I'm still in uh. denial. My boy not dead. <laughs> he is not dead. It wasn't on screen. I if, don't. I, that's what I, I said. If it's not are, on screen, if oh, I didn't man. see it. So this is the thing. that so. Let's start with that philosophy. But let's talk about Artemis's death. We definitely saw that on screen and it turned right. out that she was not dead. Yeah, so yeah. so it you could if you want to stay in denial like me and be like I didn't see it on screen so it didn't happen, just forget that they did show Artemis dying in season on 2, screen. but she wasn't on screen and everything. And then she I came don't know. Back. I- I, I don't know. I feel like the way they did Wally's uh death, they were I'm very front. He he might come back. I mean, that was a speed force type thing that happened. So yeah. it's very possible that he's still alive. But the way they did it, at least the way they did him, they were not shy about showing it. And I feel like for Superboy, they wouldn't be either. And also, the Legion were there to stop something. Exactly. So that's my that's was one of my theories. Like if if that was the one big thing that they had to come back to stop because we don't see him. They just see like the charred body print. But because in some, uh, I was gonna say also another thing in some storylines of the Legion, either Supergirl or Superman or one of their descendants is always is like very high up in the Legion. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it could be possible that that guy that one of their descendants sent or future Superman, Supergirl, one of them sent them back to be like, hey, save, uh, so and so, not save Connor. Superboy, yeah. So yeah. when I saw that, when I saw it at the end, I was like, he's not dead. He's just you know <laughs> he's somewhere, and we gonna get him back later. But then you go to the end credit scene, and the whole end credit scene is Miss Martian crying, and I'm like, okay, that hurt. <laughs> oh, that, it hurt. That was hard to. I'm watch. talking about like, thirty seconds. The end credits for Young Justice Man. are a good thirty seconds, and the whole thirty right. seconds is dedicated at the altar where they were supposed to get married, married, crying, and I was like, oh my god, and it solidified it. So I'm still in denial. But they solidify it when they go into Artemis' story. The first thing that happens in Artemis' story is Nightwing. Was it Aqualad with them? Yeah, Nightwing. Uh, Nightwing, uh, Nightwing called her, uh, uh, showing up and breaking the news to her, and yeah. her, and them going to the memorial, the 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 memorial on the, the moon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I was like, they really killed this man off. I don't think he's dead. I got a theory for this. I don't think he's dead, but they're playing it. And when I say they're playing it really good is, uh, this is my next highlight. Episode seven. I, Miss Martian showing up looking like the Antichrist. I, (laughs) me, thought that she was finna go back to the angry, destructive Miss Martian that she was in season two. Mm-hmm. Cause she, I thought she, she was about to kill her brother. I really thought that, she was not about to ask questions. That, like, for me, Miss Martian earned her flowers in season two for me. Cause the way she went down, and when she showed up, like her hair all in the air, her <laughs> eyes green, I was like, this finna get real ugly real fast. Cause I know what you can do. I know what you can do. <laughs> and I was just like, I had to rewind it. I had to rewind it. Because I was like, ooh, she finna tear some shit up. But um, mm-hmm. but it seems like when she found out that her brother didn't know anything about the kryptonite being in the bomb, she kind of backed down. So now she's she's sad. But she's on her way back to Earth. So that's where I was saying we're about to see the two storylines jail together. Because now Miss Marsh, Beast Boy's already been back on Earth. And that was the other thing that I was talking about with them kind of peering, kind of seeking season three into season four because basically Beast Boy has PTSD from what went down at the end of season three. So, but that was another highlight I had. The last highlight, and this is what McMillian was waiting for, the changed origins of Orphan and Oracle. (laughs) That whole sequence... Cold injected into I was, my veins. I was so scared. I was so scared that they were going to move because when they started like doing the flashes, so it goes black and then it comes back, and then it was. I was scared that they were going to turn this into like the slideshow thing that they were doing. You have, and but they had they, done that. That was going to piss no me idea off. How fast I would have turned off by the. That was going to piss me off. It had they did the slideshow thing, but they. They milked Fully that animated. hoe. They milked that hoe. 
fully animated. They dragged out the emotions. And when she slashed Barbara, I was like, oh my God. Can we do a deep dive into that real quick? Just just for me. Just just for me. Let's let's go. Okay. When Oracle is in the middle of this episode explaining to Tiger, she was like, you know, ever since we lost Jason, the Bat family has been on high edge. So if you need us to come, we will. And I'm in my head, I'm like, okay. Orphan, while while I understand that, I was like, in the comics, Oracle and them don't really have that tight of a connection, at least like yeah. from what I saw. So I was like, why is why is Barbara so concerned with Cassandra? And then we get to the backstory. And yes. Orphan, and we see that Cassandra was sent on a mission by her mother to kill Joker after the Joker uh was doing uh was trying to get some revenge on Vandal Savage. And she almost killed, and, and instead of Barbara letting the Joker be killed by Cassandra, she jumps in the way of the blade, and it's like, I wasn't trying, I'm not trying to save Joker, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, save to save you. you. I was like, wow, this is yes. perfect. <laughs> and I like the way oh, they switch the connection, because in the comics, Orphan is more closer to Batman. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the Bat family. The second thing is that I do like that, um, and it kind of is, I think they're doing it because they're trying to play into the League of the Shadows story that they're doing alongside this too, but Orphan was originally raised by her dad, and she, you know, barely interacted with Lady Shiva, but it seemed like in this storyline, Lady Shiva fully raised her up to be the assassin. Yeah, it's very evident by that too, because her name in, in, uh, and the show is her mother's last name. And while in the comics, it's her father's. Yep. Cassandra Kane, and they changed it in this to Cassandra Rusan, Lady Shiva's last name. What? And this, as a Batman fan, Bat family fan, this is golden to me. Not only because of the, just this instance, because she's my favorite uh, sidekick that Bruce has had. One, because she is just so drastically different from all the other ones. And two, she does not play when it comes to like, her fighting skills top tier bruce has even said that he he that she could like if he had to choose based on just fighting skill alone that she would probably be the next bat like head bat but besides that the fact that they're milking damien and jason in such an interesting way is really good like the fact that jason is back and he is a bodyguard to um talia and uh talia and damien is crazy to me and the fact that they're now back on the island Mm -hmm. is so that the the things that this could lead to because like i said i have a theory that nightwing is the next person specifically because i think he's going to be dealing with trying to get jason back because i feel like oracle is going to like because this little thing that's happening right now i feel like oracle is going to be like doing some stuff and then she's going to see jason and she's gonna be like your boy got it we got we it. Boy. We got Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> exactly. But so um, this, this, but this storyline right now, whoo, perfect. <laughs> it's it's real. I love it. It's it's giving me that darker because Young Justice, though lighthearted in some areas, when they made the jump to season two, that's when the story really got dark. Like they touched mm-hmm. on some dark themes in season one, but season two, that whole storyline that they were exploring got really serious and i it's this is giving me season two vibes and the other thing that i wanted to touch on with them milking damien and um jason 
can we talk about how Talia is just dragging Damien around <laughs> for everything? Like that whole conversation she had with Jade, and Jade is like, "You brought your baby here." <laughs> Damien's good. Damien sees everything wherever I go. <laughs> Damien goes, and I was it's, like, "This is why the funny. this is the way he is. This is why." <laughs> It's so funny to me because I feel like um while I feel I feel like it's also it's it's like a thing for the fans to be like, look who it is. But it also yeah. like makes sense from a story standpoint because Damon is supposed to be uh after he was born, he's basically designated he's going to be the next head of the League yeah. of Shadows. So the fact that she is bringing him everywhere with her is makes sense because yeah, they can't take their eyes off him because he. If somebody kills him, that's it's, it's it. So I wonder like, if they'll, because they, we've talked about this before. How Young Justice does change storylines. I wonder what is the future for Damien. Like, I mean, I it's so that's it, it's interesting that you put it because in the second episode of this of Phantoms, we found out that Jonathan is on is uh, on the way as well. We found mm-hmm. out that uh, Lois Lane is pregnant, and Something if you don't know, John. Jonathan and uh, Damien are best friends. So yeah. I really, I, season five of Young Justice might really have me tuned in because <laughs> I love the dynamic between them. They are, it, it, they are so fun together because Damien's this like kooky yet somewhat serious Bruce's child. And then yeah. Jonathan is like this fun loving, like I just want, I can't wait to be Superman kid. Yeah. Like it's just the dynamic they have is so cool. And if they put them on a the team together, and knowing Young Justice, how it plays with light themes and dark themes, I would love to see how they inter, how their, uh, how they grow within the Young Justice world. So yeah, I guess that's well, the I- other thing I like about Young Justice is just they they integrate so many stories so well, and they always give like how you were you know foreshadowing season five. They always give you a reason to foreshadow more seasons. Mm-hmm. You were about to say something, Barrio? I was just to let Jay know that uh, Lewis actually did had Jonathan already. Okay, one of the most creative scenes to me. Was he giving birth? I thought there was like I thought they were playing with that idea. No, when well, he was on the moon. I thought he was. He was already I know what born. Barrio's talking about. And, oh, and, oh, that's right, because he flew away because he was like, "Are you going into labor, Lois? Lois, no, don't play with me." And he was like, about to shoot them lasers, lasers out. He, he was. was like, he actually was born. He oh, was like, that was it. Yes, you remember? Right. He was like, yeah. "Is his that's eyes right. turning red?" She was like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on." That's right. So Jay, Jonathan is here, and right. that's still uh, regardless. They they exist, and to me, that already means that they have some. They have characters that they're preparing for later. Yeah. So, like this could go on forever. Honestly, <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be upset at all. I wouldn't be upset I if they keep if they keep writing. If if it if the way they write if if season four stays the course, I would not be upset. If we get ten seasons of Young Justice, I would not. And it would be interesting to see how many storylines they're gonna play into. If they, you know, say they do ten seasons, how many storylines can they keep integrating into this? How many I mean, Easter got, eggs can they keep hiding in all of these? They got seasons? the whole. That was a. They got the whole DC universe. They got a lot <laughs> they could pull from. So right. it it's interesting. But season four so far. I mean, we already touched on it, but if it keeps going the way it has been going, this could probably potentially be like the best one so far. 
in my opinion. Right. Like I'm getting, and there's so much invested in it already based on like how it began with Superboy being gone. And then now we have this Bat Family fiasco that's happening with the League of Shadows. Like there's so much happening right now. I can't, I'm very excited to see what all turns up by the end of this, especially since it seems like we're going to be moving through the original team yeah, and seeing what they're all, what, what all they're dealing with as far as like being big names now. Mm-hmm. Going to Especially with Aqualad being an Aquaman now. <laughs> that's, that's going to be a big thing too. Cause everybody, I'll put it like this. All of the heroes as mentors now, like they don't have like, Nightwing's not Batman. Artemis is not taking up the Green Arrow mantle. But Aqualad is the only one that's have ad- adopted one of those heavy titles. Because mm-hmm. he's Aquaman now. So, yeah, because uh, Arthur is fully the king of Atlantis now. He's no longer a hero. Yeah. So I would... It would when they get to him, it would be interesting to see how I'm, he's dealing with that. I'm wondering um something. So if for those that don't know, Aquaman, um I think they, I don't know if they mentioned it in the Unjustice show, but in the comics he has a daughter and Calder is the mentor to her. Like she becomes his sidekick later on. I'm wondering will that play into a part because we're, since we're getting all these since they're since they're sprinkling all the hero kids in right. now. Didn't he have a mentee in season three? Like the times that we did see Calder, uh, the Atlantis. fish dude that like got that can I make him was a girl. bigger. That was a girl. Was a girl. I I I I don't remember the beginning of season three too much, so I might have to go back and look at that. But if I that is remember. the case, that could be his. That could be uh the princess of Atlantis. I forget her full name. Yeah, but that could be her. I thought he was mentoring somebody because I remember because they did it was Garth, and then they did a little touch of Lagoon Boy. In it, but I want to say it was a girl that he was mentoring as well. But we'll oh, see. well, there was his girl. Well, there not his girlfriend, but there was uh, Aqua Lass, uh, the previous one. I know that. I remember that being a storyline. Well, maybe it was her. Which, uh, but there's there there is a Arthur does uh the the princess of Atlantis. It does later on become his sidekick, Calder uh, sidekick as his Aquaman title. So mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting since we're already getting Jonathan and Damien. If we did, we get to see her as well, uh, and see how he's dealing with that upon losing a friend and stuff. So, okay. If we, when we get to Calder's uh, section of this season, if that's the route they're going, because I think so far that seems to be what they're doing. Yeah. So we kind of already talked like theories, but if we were to list one major theory that you have for coming up for season four. I already said it. I don't think my theory is I don't think Superman is dead. Superboy is dead. We didn't see it. I have two theories. One, I feel like maybe the Legion of Superheroes snatched them up real quick, like when the bomb was going off. My second thing is that the guy in the little yellow bubble, whoever he's supposed to be, probably snatched him up too. Him up either. Yeah, right, they put their little bomb on, on top of the. He put that little thing on top of it. I don't know Which what I think is what had the kryptonite in it. Yep. Oh, the kryptonite, yeah. Uh, so either uh, one of the two, yeah, either of those, I definitely think. I think I'm more on leaning on the side that the Legion grabbed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, uh, I'm 
theory wise, we're we're not deep enough to stick. I don't know who the big bad still is. Vandal Savage still seems to be playing a huge part in everything, yeah. and I don't think that'll change anytime soon. I but I am interested to see either. who. I'm interested to see who this villain of the future is because I know uh, we haven't been. Uh, I know sometimes Brainiac plays a role in being a villain for the Legion. So I'm wondering if that could possibly be tied into all of this. But as far like theory wise, I, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, other than the Legion thing, I haven't really thought ahead of for this season because right now they're doing very interpersonal stories. Yep. And I'm trying to wait and see how this all connects. So I haven't really thought much about the theories wise yet. Yeah, I haven't thought about who the big bad is either. I'm thinking more so along the sides once everybody's stories start interconnecting. Then, because you remember how season one was where they were fighting like these individual villains, but then it turned out that each one of them were integrated with the light. Mm-hmm. But they were all separate. Um, interactions so i kind of feel like that may be the route that they're going that they are dealing with different villains but all of these villains are interconnected to this one big thing mm-hmm. yeah definitely so what about you vario you got a theory um i don't really have theories right now i was trying to look up like all the villains that i was trying to see who could that um that guy be I started looking up all the Legion superhero villains. I'm, I don't know who he could be. He's probably someone. Not sure, but. Well, I don't got no theories right now, but I'm just. I'm sure I um, probably have some later on. Probably next episode. Yeah. Just got to see how it plays episodes, out. Because I only have one that my boy is not dead. Like, I. To me, Superboy is too much of a major character for them to just kill off, not even show his death, not even make it a tad bit emotional or drawn out. They didn't even do the anime trope where he talks about his hopes and dreams and stuff and kill him <laughs> They didn't even do that. And so I, I just don't think my boy is dead. But um, so moving away from Young Justice, when it hit Marvel back up. And we're going to talk about the X-Men and how we're going to integrate them into the MCU. And before we get into the theories, um, this is the Blurred Mob. So I feel like it's only right that we um, discuss, for those who don't know, the influence, how the X-Men got started. Where was it influenced from? So for those that don't know, the X-Men were influenced, um, their creation was influenced by the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. X-Men debuted in 1963, and as we know, the Civil Rights Movement was from 1954 to 1968. Stan Lee felt like the X-Men was a good metaphor for what was going on at the time when he created it. And to get deeper into the characters, um, Professor X, is his morals are reflective of MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. His whole vision of humans and mutants coexisting together is where he got that from magneto and his uh vision of protecting <clears throat> mutant kind even to the point of violence is reflective um is reflected from malcolm no, x and i found that really interesting because the x-men is not 
black and white for them. It's not good versus evil. Because as we've seen in the X-Men comics, you have people who were on the side with Professor X who end up teaming up with Magneto based on like the beliefs. Or you have people who were once on the side with Magneto teaming up with Professor X. And you even see times where Professor X and Magneto work together. And that was the thing that I appreciate about X-Men. It wasn't this group versus this group. It was way more complicated. And it's still just, and even today, it's still just as like uh, complicated and like how it's storyline and stuff like that. Like exactly. neither group is seen. I mean, X-Men is technically the definitive good guy group because they're not like trying to, out, they're not out here trying to murder humans. But the Brotherhood of Mutants also, you could never 100% say they were bad or good because the stuff they were doing could be seen as justified the, by the way humans were after actively seeking to destroy mutants. So. Exactly. I never knew that the X-Men was, was um, influenced by the Civil Rights Movement. I never knew that. Yep. That's so there's a reason why I brought this up, and I'm going to get to it in a minute. But something new that I learned, because I knew about the X-Men Civil Rights Movement connection. The Sentinels, the creation of the Sentinels came from white police officers beating black people on TV. So the Sentinels are the mutant hunters. And that's hmm. what they were created from. When Stanley saw that where it was coming from the readers seeing that on TV and they created the Sentinels to embody that. And when I read it, it was like, oh my God. Like it I I just thought they made up a villain, you know, to hunt down the mutants because why not? But the fact that this actually has ties into the whole civil rights movement thing, and it made it to where that X-Men was a very highly political comic in the 1960s because of that. Mm -hmm. And even on top of that, the X-Men weren't the only Marvel uh, characters to be made during the civil rights movement. Black Panther also debuted during the civil rights movement in 1966. And that basically pissed everybody off because you have this black king from Africa, this fictional uh, country of Wakanda. They have this futuristic tech that best every other technology in the whole world. So I just wanted to bring that up for those that, that didn't know. And there was two reasons for it. Um, one. Well, my one big reason that I want to bring up is that this is one of the things that I really love about Marvel. And DC does the same thing, but for me, it hits harder when you find the Marvel and history connections. That Marvel tends to create characters during the time period of the reality that they live in. So to even go Captain America, Captain America debuted in 1941 which was the same time period that World War II was going on. And as you see in the movies and the comics, that's where his origin comes from. We can either fast forward um, Cloak and Dagger that don't get the love that they, they got their series, but they don't get the love like in the MCU. Their whole thing is like war on drugs and like with mm -hmm. adolescents. And they debuted in 1983, which is the same time of, like, the 1980s war on drugs that Richard Nixon had going on. 
And they even like, even when they did the series to get a little bit closer is that season two focused on sex trafficking of young girls, which is a, a theme that's still going on right now. Mm-hmm. So I have to give my props to Marvel for that. Like their characters live in real cities. They deal with um, issues that we go through. Not saying that DC doesn't do the same, but sometimes you have to, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I can't generally relate to DC because it's like, we live in Gotham City. Where the fuck is Gotham City? Or we live in Central City or we live in Star City. You know what I'm saying? They did. One thing I will give DC is when they did the Teen Titans is um they lived in San Francisco. New, San Francisco. And I think there was a time that they lived in New York. So you mm-hmm. did have that going on for them. But then you have, but most of the times they live in these made up cities like Bloodhaven and, and stuff like that. Or they're they're on this big watchtower in the sky, or they're on Krypton or something like that. So that's the main reason I wanted to bring this up because it's I love how Marvel does that. Mm-hmm. So you stepping away from so being much just now, <laughs> like not even lying. I I I was like, what? <laughs> I remember the X, but it makes ties. sense. Yeah, it like, does. Like <laughs> it does. But um, stepping away from the history lesson, let's talk about theories. So Disney acquired Fox in March 2019. And we know that since like the 1990s, Fox has owned the X-Men. So with buying Fox, they got X-Men. Till this day, and McMillian offline brought up a good point that this plan may get pushed back because of the pandemic, probably even more now that they've pushed back some of the uh, phase four movies, that the plan for the X-Men may not come for like several years. But even now, we've heard that they plan to integrate the X-Men into the MCU. We just don't know when and we don't know how. So I wanted to take this opportunity from what we've seen because we, we've talked about like X-Men integration in a couple previous episodes that I want to bring up too. Um, just talk about, based on what we know, how we think the X-Men are going to show up. So to talk about the times that we have brought up, like our X-Men theories. We had episode two, and Ace isn't here, but Ace was talking about, um, when we were talking about Venom, how he thought they were going to introduce like mutants because they had uh, Screech or Shriek, Shriek in the movie. And then the fact that Venom is now being tied into Tom Holland's Spider-Man, that could be like an X-Men crossover. And then if you listen to episode six, McMillian also mentioned um, with the Black Knight and his ancestors. And you said it was King Arthur who's a mutant? Uh, yeah, so not King Arthur, but... Um... So in in the comics, uh, the Black Knight is related to a descendant of the Knights of the Round. I believe Sir Percival is mm-hmm. the character. Um, Captain Britain uh, is the said. brother of Psylocke, and Captain Britain is a descendant of King Arthur, and they are technically the rightful owner of uh, Excalibur. 
Um, I'm saying like that t- character could potentially tie into the X-Men related stuff because yeah. they have interactions with uh, Captain Britain and stuff like that. Because uh, Captain Britain's a mutant. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Um, Did you hear that the, Henry Cavill show interest into playing Captain Britain? Captain Britain, they yes, ever I heard. they ever put him in the MCU? I yeah, I heard. I think I'd be down um, for that. Yeah, I think he's a good actor. It'd be interesting to see Superman. Because <laughs> like, so, like, uh, <laughs> I know a lot of times DC uh, DC actors and Marvel actors do cross over. But it'd be interesting seeing one, with, uh, two, uh, one holding two prevalent roles in both uh, universes. Well, from um, what I heard, Henry Cavill's not in the DC universe anymore. It's not confirmed. I hope <laughs> there are rumors. <laughs> I I, I think heard he did, it wasn't. I think, he did I, a, I, I think he did a good job of Superman. I just don't think people would like that movie. Yeah, I don't think he is because he was talking about. I think they're moving towards, and not to touch away too far, but. Apparently, along with the Black Superman show, they're also making a Black Superman movie. I heard, I heard about that, which I'm very, which worries me. But back yeah. to the X Men. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um. So uh, should I get into my theory or? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so my theory, I think the way Marvel is currently introducing characters, I think they're going to keep it the same. Now I don't know what's going to ha- how the mutant gene is going to start. But I think the way they're going to do it, and I think it's going to start with Wakanda forever, is that I think they're going to slowly start introducing characters that are mutants, like name drop them or be like, this is such and such from such and such. And you're going to be like, I know that name. <laughs> I know that I name. know who you I are. Just, I, yeah, but the thing, because that's how they've always like introduced their characters mm-hmm. slightly, like little by little, here's a nudge there, here's a nudge here. The only thing I'm not too sure is on how the mutant gene might come into play. But I think yeah. um, Wakanda, and Wakanda Forever, I think we're going to get introduced to Storm. It's just that she's not going to be Storm yet. Um, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do the mutant gene because the thing is technically they're supposed to be mutants from birth. But obviously Marvel just got the rights to use mutants. Couldn't, they can't even say the word before, which is crazy when you think about it. But I think Storm is going to make her first debut in Wakanda Forever. Because there's uh, rumors that um, this actress, uh, I, I can't remember her name, but she's a she starred in an HBO series, her own, all her own, called uh, "I May Destroy," uh, "I Will Destroy You," or something like that. And uh, there are theories around that she's going to be playing uh, Storm uh, moving forward. I've heard that too. <clears throat> now that was I'm not I'm not sure if the mutant gene is going to come from the fact that the snap, such and stuff like that, because they've already made it prevalent. In the Eternals, that the snap has changed things as far as Earth is concerned. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. So, so uh, I don't know if there are mutants current. There, there could be people walking around right now that don't know that they have the mutant gene in them, and then eventually their powers awaken. But I, I, uh, I think two things. Uh, it, I, I think they're. I think Marvel's going to stay the course of how they introduce their characters by slightly teasing them in some way, and then later on, there's going to be a big thing. But I think. Whatever, in my opinion, whatever happens, I feel like the mutants need to probably be introduced around the same time Miss Marvel series come out. Because for those of you that might not know, Miss Marvel, while not being a mutant, she is a uh, what is that called? An inhuman. And inhumans later on, when they got introduced, they were almost the polar opposite of mutants because the way inhumans are made kills people with mutant genes, and that caused a huge divide in inhuman and mutant like relations. 
and which and it's interesting because a lot of people are like, man, you guys are so similar. You all should shouldn't y'all be on the same side? But it's like you know, there's a divide because the way they make more in humans directly kills people with mutant genomes. So it's like, mm. you know, polar opposites. So I feel like they have a huge chance to probably create an interesting storyline within the cinematic universe if they go that route, especially if they keep Miss Marvel's origins the same. So that's uh, something in my case. But I think we're first we're going to see our first mutant, or I don't know if they're going to mention it, but I think, I still, I think we're going to see our first mention of it in Wakanda Forever with uh, of the fact that Storm grew up right in a country, in a small African country right outside of Wakanda in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just makes sense to me that if they were going to introduce a mutant anywhere, especially one of the leaders of the X-Men, like yeah. I don't think they pass up the potential to do that in this movie. So that's like my big theory. Yeah, that was uh, one of my, regards. that's not my big theory, but that was, that was one of my theories. I, so. I, I imagine if going if going the route where they actually got to explain the mutant gene because y'all 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 know more the comic book lore like there was already mutants in the Avengers right like wasn't Wolverine an Avenger and some other they stuff? uh later on yeah they uh the the Avengers pulled in people from different teams so so the X Men some X Men are part of the Avengers and what generation of the like Avengers that. was it like the OGs like with Captain America uh, not OG OG had, OG was not mutants uh, I was. Was it like I mean, New Avengers? Like when they started doing the New Avenger comics? That's when they. Started I want to say that's probably like the around X-Men. then, but that, I mean, they all they also did missions with the X Men sometimes and stuff like that because you know people love crossovers. Yeah, but, right. so, yeah. So I, I imagine, I imagine it being more subtle, like well, like similar to the oh, here's a character, and all of us are like, wait, they just call this little blue looking person Kurt or Nightcrawler. They, this guy is called Cyclops, and I don't even. I slick don't even want them to do the more popular mutants. I slick want them to kind of explore since Marvel is good at making unknown characters big and popular. But I do imagine like somebody like Professor Xavier, somebody just popping up, or somebody meeting him, and he's like, "Oh, we're studying something called the mutant gene, and this is what it does." I imagine that popping up in a movie. I don't know which one. I like the idea of Storm, but it kind of would upset me because. Was a storm, and you know our boy T'Challa supposed to be a thing. Yeah, but it, yeah, it can't. You know well, they're, they're trying to be respectful of yeah. Chadwick's passing, so it's like it might not happen. It would be and unless I guess they try and make his son the love interest of Storm, which would creep me out personally. But hey. yeah, <laughs> but it's like I do like that theory. Although I I could see them like showing like some scientists who's just exploring it because I feel like the Thanos snap is an easy route and a more acceptable route of, oh, this is where the mutant gene came from and mutated some people's bodies because in X-Men lore, how, what percentage of the population were mutants or carried the trait to be a mutant? It's not a lot, but the thing is you can't, unless someone in your family carries the trait, you can't be, you, you're not a mutant anyway. Right. So it's like, cause uh, it's legit genetics. Uh, it's, just, it's like passing down genes. Uh, but the interest, but that's what I think makes it so interesting how they're going to roll it into it because the thing is, it, it's like they can't come from nowhere, especially if it's like tied to your genome, right? right. Yeah. So I was like, the the easy explanation would be the snap to me because it's like that it mutated oh, these some people, people's bodies. These people left. These people left and came back, and now they have, and now there's a sequence in their DNA that's different. That makes sense to me. Right. That's yeah. like a very that, easy like. Insert, it's an so. easy route, and it's I guess easy the way that they came back. I guess the way that they came back to like. 
what we saw in WandaVision, how we saw Monica's like body being reformed in the way it did. Like maybe it, because of the way the snap happened and how they undid the snap and the way that everybody was coming back into fruition is that something got screwed with their, their DNA. Mm -hmm. Which could explain if they did go this route, why she was able to walk through Wanda's force field and get those powers that she had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be so, interesting. Granted, Photon's not considered a mutant in the comics, but that's still, right. I mean, like, if they, if that is somewhat of a catalyst to show how mutants are possible, I'm not opposed to it. Because yeah. I think it's still not, it would still in line with the whole fact of, like, the snap causing genetic changes to people, so. Right. So, hmm. about you, Vario, what's your theories? Um, don't really have a working theory right now about that. But the, what you what you and Jay brought up was kind of interesting. They could like watch the the Thanos snap, so I can see them possibly going that way as well. It's like yeah, but other than that, that theory I don't really have any other theories. All right, okay, I'm trying to see. So I had a couple. You go ahead. You say you're trying to see what? Because I'm what trying to see, like, when, when else can, could they introduce the mutants? Like, it's, I just got to look at um, do, look at some, do some more looking before I can definitely say that. Yeah. Or maybe we see some more movies and see. Maybe they could have fit it in here. Or, or it could be, like McMillian said, they might start name-dropping stuff. In the middle of these movies, and you know they're supposed to do like the, uh, the multiverse too, like uh, Spider Man movie supposed to be coming in. What if that could cause know? something too? Yeah, yeah. That no, was I mean, one of my that was one of my theories too. Yeah, I was. I said I, I was telling somebody I forgot who uh, might have been one of y'all, but I was like, look, I'm such an X Men fan. If if they were like, oh, when Doctor Strange did the spell, it pulled people in from different universes, and now we got X Men, I'd be like. Look, it's lazy. I'm here for it, though. <laughs> I would love to see it, bro. I got so many yeah. favorite X-Men. I would love to see it. But I mean, but I feel like that would be a good reason, too, because he did this whole spell where people are coming in from other universes. And I think it would be unrealistic to say that it's just limited to Spider-Man villains because we've seen, like, big Well, like, Spider-Man, and, Spider-Man and Spider-Man villains in, in general. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but, but that's interesting I, in its... Uh, not to cut you off, but that's—I just want to say real quick—that's interesting in itself because at one point in time they were considering Peter a mutant, um, in certain comic runs. Like he did a lot of stuff with the X Men, and I think at one point in the comics they were like, you know, technically you're even even uh, even though you weren't born with the gene, this is going to pass on to your kids if you have kids, and that would technically mean you are somewhat like a mutant. Hmm. And that was a thing in the comic for a little bit, and I was and so that would be interesting in itself. Anyway, so but that's just all I wanted to say. I was just going to say that we've seen where like big universal things happen. And it's this one guy that sneaks in like we're worried about the big we, problem at hand. But what about all these other people that was like, yeah, I'm going to dip. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, technically, what's funny, we technically saw that in Eternals, like at the end, at the post credit scene. of Eternals. Well, hold on. You've already you've seen it, right? I got one. Yeah, I've seen it. And spoiler warning for the people watching, I'm so sorry. Uh, skip like probably <laughs> like tw- maybe two to three minutes after me talking. Um, 
but the post credit scene, we see uh, Star Fox uh, come in, yeah. and he we don't know where he came from. He just like blips right. in. We assume it's he from our it. universe, but we don't know. And he just slipped in, and I, and we're dealing with this whole God just took three people <laughs> off the planet, and you know, and this little dude just snuck in. So it's like you know, it's very possible that with within the whole thing of spells uh, that technically. Some people from the other universe could just, you know. That was one of my theories, too. So I had a couple theories. McMillian touched on one, which was Storm and Wakanda Forever. Uh, Barrio touched on the multiverse thing. My big theory, and McMillian, we've talked about this before, which is if they don't do Wakanda Forever, they have a chance to uh, name drop or put in an X-Men character for Captain Marvel. So this is going into the Rogue and Captain Marvel connection. So giving a little backstory about Rogue, Rogue was introduced as a villain before she was a hero. Um, She's still from Mississippi, Southern Belle. When her powers manifested and she ran away from home, for those who've watched the X-Men movies, you saw that, you know, she hopped with Wolverine and they went on their little buddy trip. But in the comics, she was found by Mystique. And Mystique took her in and raised her as her own. So when Ro got to a certain age, Mystique sent her on her first mission to go after Captain Marvel. So fast forwarding, Ro mm-hmm. did get to Captain Marvel. And for those who know Ro's powers, when she touches somebody, she gets like their powers for like a brief time. Mm-hmm. But during their scuffle, Ro held on to Captain Marvel for so long that she got half of Carol Danvers' memories, and she got um, a portion. Well, not like, she's not as strong as Captain Marvel. Yeah, she can't do the... She's not a living star, basically, like Captain Marvel is, but she has, like, the super strength, the flight, the uh, stuff like that. Right. She just doesn't have, like, blasts, and she can't cover herself in, like, a... Um, I forget forget what the stuff she... Captain Marvel covers or something. The cosmic energy, energy, yeah. Yeah, she can't do all that. Right, but she has like some of Captain Marvel's strength. So they mm-hmm. could how Jay um was saying about Storm showing in Wakanda Forever, like her showing up and not being Storm yet, they could introduce Rogue and Rogue not being Rogue yet. So you think they'll just do all of the different characters that way and then at some point it's like they team up or gather coincidentally? I I don't know. I so I wanted to touch on your thing about them not doing the main X-Men team that we've seen before. They may I could see Marvel introducing the X-Men but not introducing them as a full team yet. Like they kind of just pop up in different places and then for some reason like after we get through the second generation then it's like, okay, let's go full X-Men. Right. I can mm-hmm. see them doing that. And I don't mind them doing the main cast. I just hope that they do a um the way they execute it, they do it well. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're especially if they're gonna bring in Storm and Rogue, I'm not mad at. What I'm going to be upset is if they bring in Jean Grey and they and they dropped the ball on it. Ooh. Honestly, 
that would be one of the main characters that I would rather not see in the MCU. Right. Honestly. Like, we've seen them... Do you feel like... Uh, just to touch on it a little bit, do you feel like you feel that way because they, they I, the, all the attempts at Jean Grey have been bad? I was gonna, that, yeah. not, not saying like the actors or anything like that, but it's more of like the fact that when they finally get to the Dark Phoenix storyline, one right. of the most pivotal storylines in comics, they constantly drop the ball on it. That's me. And I, if the MCU did do it, I think they would do a better job, but. At the same time, do I really want to see Dark Phoenix again? And touching on Ryan's point is that they do it. They the MCU has done a good job of taking characters that weren't remotely popular and making them very popular characters. Like to even go back to the beginning of the MCU, they did not. They most people did didn't know who Iron Man know was. That and they did not know if the Iron Man movie was going to sell, but because the Iron Man movie did so good, that kicked everything off. Mm-hmm. So it's just I'm tired of seeing the Dark Phoenix story being touched on, and I think that this would be a good time to focus because the X Men is huge. Yeah, like they have so many different characters that they could explore and integrate into these stories that I don't think they have to go and get the big top X Men characters to make it worth it. I think yeah, they could take same. some of the other characters and still, um push out a really good X-Men story. Mm-hmm. So, you think that a, was my... You think a live-action series could um, be born from it? Or that could be the introduction of them? In comparison yeah, I think, to a movie? I, I, yeah. Definitely think, I definitely I think, think a series that would could be better. It. I definitely think they could do it. I think a series definitely could come about and maybe a couple of movies that focus on the X-Men because they're already talking about making a Fantastic Four movie. Which I feel like is going to be separate from the Avengers. Well, I mean, I think it's gonna be in the world, but I don't think it's gonna tie into like Avengers movies, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um I think the same could be said for the X-Men. I think that we might get a separate series of movies for the X-Men and eventually there might be like a huge team up of all these characters. But I think if they want to do it correctly, they're what they're going to do is probably introduce the characters, get the X Men team together, make a Disney Plus series on it, mm. and then have like these movies where that focuses on X Men stories until like some big thing happens that affects the Marvel universe in a whole, and then you have the Avengers, X Men, and Fantastic Four have to team up or something like that. Because I think one thing they might have learned, especially after the Eternals came out, is that making a movie where you have to get introduced to all these new characters, you have to care about them almost instantly does not work very well we've seen it (laughs) we've seen it we liked it don't go the series route (laughs) i was like yeah it was okay but the thing is it it didn't give me like i think like even um when i I was i went to a happy hour with some coworkers, and they were saying the same thing like it would have been better if it was a series or like uh, something i presented at the uh thing that i didn't really get to touch on in our internals episodes like even if it was like mini episodes that introduced us to the characters first Instead of saying the movie, I still feel like that would have been a better job than just being like, here are these 10 people. Love them. (laughs) So. That's a that's a good point. I could I could go for that, too. So they. Yeah. I mean, they bring in the cartoon back in twenty (laughs) twenty three. (laughs) <laughs> here's y'all x-men quit one it's like that huh now stop asking me oh, don't ask me nothing else 
you put that in the group chat. I was so like happy and upset at the same time. Yeah, it was like, yay, 2023 though. Because it is hard to find. If you want to watch that, it is super hard to find it legally. It's on Disney Plus. Nope, huh? In 2023, right? No, the X-Men uh, cartoon, 90, Evolution. 97? No, I'm talking about 97. Oh, that's separate from Evolution? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> that, I that's thought it like was the, the original. Same. It's, a, it's like Batman the Animated Series. It's like, I uh, did unless... like X-Men 97 and the G.I. Joe cartoons. I think it's like... Um... Evolution? I mean, ev- I Evolution is good, though, Evolution. too. That's what I watched. Evolution, Evolution was, was the one I started. I didn't... I didn't... Oh, you yeah. also check. Well, when the '97 series comes to Disney Plus, you should watch it. It's very good, but uh, it's hard to find anywhere else. Like if you try to find the DVDs, they're sold for a lot of money. It's I like didn't ridiculous. even know. I thought it was the same. I didn't know this was two separate shit. <laughs> I remember watching that, but I don't. I don't remember them. I do remember watching them though. I do remember the '97. '97. The '97 one is Evolution. very. The '97 one is very good. Evolution is good too, but the '97 one is like the classic. classic. Like you guys should check it out. It's pretty good. When it comes on in two years, I'll remind you. Don't worry. <laughs> in two years, uh, <laughs> That's a long time for now, Jay. It's, it's it's very it's very good. Oh, trust me, I, I got time. <laughs> uh, they're my favorite. That's my favorite property of Marvel. Period, hands down. So I don't worry. I'll remind you, but it's very good, and I highly recommend checking it out when it comes to Disney Plus. Nice. And if you haven't seen Evolution and you're watching this podcast, watch Evolution. It's very good. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Go uh either you sign up for Disney Plus or you go find one of your friends that got an account. And, you know, go get that go get that password. Sharon if, is caring, y'all. If you're enjoying the blurred mob, please DM Ryan on Instagram and send him your Disney Plus sign in information. <laughs> I will not share your password. And if you're watching something, I will not interrupt your binge. That man is silly. Oh, man. But there if there isn't anything else. I want to thank you guys for joining the mob today. For those listening or watching, make sure you follow us on social media. Instagram at the Blurred Mob Pod. That's at T H E B L E R D M O B P O D. We're on Twitter at the Blurred Mob. You can search us on Facebook at the Blurred Mob Podcast and YouTube by the same channel name. Um, but other than that, this is the mob checking out. Peace. Hands up. If you love them where you at, stand 10 toes down. Shot ain't no looking at. Hey. You can let them haters hate when they 